This is Ron Sense. Let's fucking go. We are on to 2021. Uh, This episode actually doesn't really have much of a specific category. This is more of like a a New Year's housekeeping episode, I guess, if you will. We're just kind of going to cover a lot of bases, not really go in depth on anything. This is mainly, uh, honestly, to get some content out there. you know, and, and make sure that you guys didn't, you know, don't start missing me too much. Obviously, I haven't been able to put out an episode for the past like two weeks with the holiday that was expected that there was just really no chance with uh, going to see family and everything that I was going to be able to put out an episode during this time. And um, so we're back. We're finally able to uh, speak into a microphone. And, um, you know, I just figured I might as well just kind of like topic vomit all over the place and then and you know we'll kind of get back into our more of our routine uh i guess for the starters uh, i know that a lot of people wanted to talk space and quantum physics on the next science episode that is still the plan that is you know teaser that is still coming uh i i actually am still brushing up on some of my quantum physics uh mechanics and theories and principles um so, you know, that I have not forgotten about that. That is that is not going anywhere, you know, or I mean, I guess it's going to be going on on live eventually here. But it's a it's a lot of work. These science episodes, you know, I really want to make sure I can be, you know, get everything as right as possible and uh, and make sure that I also explain things in a way that is uh, at least as efficient as I possibly can, you know, in terms of like making it digestible while also giving you something that like isn't maybe something you didn't already know. Uh, so that is still in the works. Uh, I, you know, I've kind of been all over the place, which definitely makes this tough, right? I've, you know, I'm playing, playing, uh, all sorts of video games. I'm, you know, I'm playing chess. I'm playing, uh, you know, board games and card games with Alicia. I'm, working on on uh you know my duolingo i'm i'm doing all these different things just kind of all at once you know back with work and we got chuck we're just all over the place we're watching tv we watched all the mandalorian we'll probably do that you know we'll probably do a, an episode where we kind of cover what you know thoughts on the on the new season uh spoiler alert i guess is i, I liked it a lot um but yeah, you know, we're just kind of all over the place. I'm trying to cover everything, you know, like I'm watching everything I can. I'm trying to play all this, you know, it's a lot. It's actually quite surprising how much, uh, you know, how much it feels like your day goes by, uh, you know, your weeks and months go by for that matter when when there's so many things you're trying to do. Uh, so perhaps as, uh, as far as uh, becoming more successful at what I do, perhaps I need to narrow down the list, but what can I say? I, I've just got that kind of, uh, that's just how I work. Like I just want to do everything all the time. It, it's very hard for me to just, you know, zone in too much without allowing for a little bit of something else. But, um, and for anybody who saw the Instagram posts, uh, I got some nice, uh, Displate metal posters. Shout out to Displate. Uh, they're fucking badass. We got a nice bonfire from Dark Souls. And then, obviously, the very iconic Market Zero from uh, the Big Lebowski. That's uh, you know, that's Walter, you know, giving him the business on uh, on on whether or not uh, there was a line foul on on in, in league play. So, you know, we we've got uh, two classics now up on on the uh, on the wall and kind of speaks to where I'm all over the place, right? We got one of my favorite movies, and then we got one of my favorite video games, two very, you know, kind of opposite ends uh, of uh, the spectrum in some in some ways. So, um, you know, we'll probably kind of try and keep collecting those kind of posters as we go and really kind of build out this man cave a little more. But, you know, and then uh, what else? Oh, we got... You know, Bachelor starting up, the new season of The Bachelor starting up with Matt James. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, we're going to see how, uh, you know, now having had this Bachelorette season under their belt, 
And, you know, with things being a little bit, you know, more clear with lockdown and quarantine and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the producers kind of adapt to kind of give a show with a little bit more to it. Um, You know, I know actually I didn't do any Bachelorette recap for the past couple of episodes. And um, that's, you know, a Part, partially a product of, you know, my laziness along with just sort of being really kind of wanting to do so many things that I'm just losing track of time to even be able to make an episode after I watch. And it even took me a minute to watch a lot of those episodes. Um, and in part, you know, like, I'm not going to take full blame. I think that this season just kind of uh, fell on its face a little bit. And I get like, right, with COVID and everything that it, it really restricts, like, what what could they actually do with the show, right? Like, they're not traveling, not doing this, you know, they're staying on this La Quinta, they're doing whatever they can within the bounds of this La Quinta. And, um, but, th- you know, the, the, the big thing to me, I guess, was just, uh, it, the season just wasn't gripping me in that same way, which is really unfortunate because I, I love Tasha and I always have loved Tasha. Uh, you know, when it, whether it was on Colton season or Bachelor in Paradise, I've always been a huge fan. And um, I, I just still wasn't totally gripped. And I don't know if it was just like a lack of drama in like the right kind of ways. In, because it was also like, I really liked all the final guys pretty much. Uh, and... So in that regard, I, I just, it was almost like it kind of, I, I don't know, right? Because like, if we look back at Hannah's season, you liked all the guys except Luke P, but Luke P was there, right? Luke P was still there in like the final four guys or whatever. And, and so you're kind of looking at it and you're just like, you like the other three and like, you know, say what you will, but like, I mean, people might do revisionist history and be like, oh, you know, I hated Jed, I hated Jed, whatever. I don't think a lot of people hated Jed in the moment on Hannah's season. I think that, in fact, quite the opposite. I think a lot of people liked Jed. I was certainly a big fan of Jed. Um, and and then Tyler Cameron as well was one of, one of my favorites. I, and I liked Pete, but I just didn't. I, I mean, we, we've gone through this, right? I liked Pete, and he was he was an excellent contestant, but he had no business ever being The Bachelor. Um, and I, I guess speaking of, apparently him and Kelly broke up. That's unfortunate. Um, you know, my uh, condolences to them, I guess. But, yeah, so it, it was just one of the, like, I, I am super excited with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with the result. I, I was Team Zach C since day one of Tasha's portion of the season, right? I just felt like the way that they uh, kind of clicked right off the bat, you know, I still go back to that, like, make a wish in the fountain thing that Zach C did. I, I just felt like that was, it, it was very electric, honestly, like, between them. It just felt like they, they had such great chemistry right off the bat, and, and I've just really found Zach C to be very charming and and uh and mature and so I, I I'm I'm really happy with that result as much as it you know hurts me to say because I did really like Brendan and Ivan uh as well and then you know um I like Ben so it wasn't that I didn't like Ben it, it was more so I guess just the fact that um him suffering from the same problem that most men do in which they have a problem with expressing their feelings. Um, to a certain degree, it's like I assign sympathy and yet I don't because it's sort of like, you just gotta, like, you just gotta do it. You know, like it, it just, it's, it, and especially under the setting of like, you know, you have to, like you're on the show, you're in this far, like, you know that you can't just, like, shut down. Like, if you're actually interested in, like, making this work, you can't shut down. It's simply the only option you that is not on the table uh, as far as trying to, like, actually succeed in, in you know, in finding love, right? So... To me, that that's where it was sort of like, I, you know, I get that you may have things that it's hard to open up and it's hard to talk about your feelings. I mean, but he did the hardest possible thing already, right? Like he talked about like his attempted suicide and his de- like his depression and his issues that like 
that were things that he was bottling up and which is in part why they got so bad is because he wasn't able to really communicate those and didn't feel like he could communicate those things. And then so like he expresses that to her who which to that point, apparently he had never spoken to anyone about it. You know, I I assume that like after he got back from the show, I'm sure he told his sister, you know, before that actually like uh, made the airwaves so that she wasn't finding out for the first time watching. That would be uh, that would probably be a little harsh, but, you know, so. um, But anyways, right, I don't want to get too too far into the weeds on this. The the other thing that was really bizarre to me was that Chris, Chris Harrison leaves the show um, to go bring his kid to college, which was really confusing to me because, like, I was like, when the fuck would, like, the, to bring his kid to college, like, it must have been, like, August. You know, you're trying to, like, to kind of do, like, the dates in your head to kind of figure out, because I thought they were filming in, like, May or something like that, you know? Like, and and so... It's, but like, if he's bringing his kid to college, it has to be like August, September timeframe. And I was sort of like, are kids going to college right now? You know, like I was thinking back to that moment. I'm like, were kids like going to college? And it kind of felt like there were some that were going back to school, but a lot of the stuff was going online and, you know, the whole, all that. So that, that was very confusing to me um, for, you know, for all the reasons I just mentioned, but yeah, so anyways, right, we've got the new season of The Bachelor. I think it promises to be good. I think, I mean, I think generally speaking, The Bachelor is better than The Bachelorette. I, I've always found that. I just think that um, men as competitors in the format of, like, finding love are just not as good as women are, right? Like, women are just so much more catty. Women are so much more... Um, like, it's kind of weird because you'd think, like, that they're more subversive and more sort of, like, passive-aggressive versus, like, when you kind of look at stereotypes. But when it comes to, like, The Bachelor, like, no, a lot of these women are, like, not subversive. Like, they are just straight-up aggressive. And it is, it makes for amazing television. I I mean, (laughs) you know, so, you know, we've got that. I'll be keeping my eye on that. Um... Oh, we got a Peloton. We got a Peloton right right before Christmas. Uh, we had ordered a Peloton and that arrived. So that thing's fucking awesome. Um, I was definitely a big uh, Peloton, not hater, but denier. I, I didn't believe that it was worth the money. And it felt like, like, I thought it was a great idea, but I just felt like it wasn't worth it because it is a little expensive. Um, but... I, I got to tell you, I, I've been doing, you know, I, I think I've only done four four rides now, but uh, because we got it and then pretty much right afterwards we left for Christmas. Um, but I, I got to tell you, it is excellent. It, it is an, an amazing piece of equipment that it, like, and the classes are just so good. I, I honestly, I couldn't speak higher of it. I, I really do believe that it is, um, it it is showing itself to be worth the money, so you know, I'm, I'm eating crow on that one. I was definitely wrong there, but, um, but yep. So as is, uh, as is customary, you know, we spent January really trying to, uh, shed the holiday weight and kind of start the new year off. Right. So, uh, no drinking for the month of January and, uh, we're, we're going to be pretty strict on our diet. And then, uh, and then, you know, making sure we're working out, uh, every day. So, and, and so the Peloton helps a lot with that. Uh, again, just been the, the classes, each one that I take, uh, has honestly been like better than the last. And, uh, it it is very motivating because you get to see your previous performances, uh, on classes of a similar time frame and stuff like that. And so that you can really kind of compete against yourself along with competing against other people. And, you know, I constantly find myself in the top, you know, 10%, 20% of the class on, at every class, which just further, you know, proves the ath- you know, premier athlete that I am. Um, but then uh, on the uh, video games front, you know, hopefully, you know, with 2021, I'll finally get my fucking graphics card. 
uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Maybe NVIDIA will figure it the fuck out. Uh, probably get a 1440 monitor. Uh, I've thought about going 4K, but I really want to go 1440 just because of the, the better frame rates and because it's a little cheaper. Like, I, I, I mean, and then I'll be able to play some cyberpunk on some, you know, higher quality uh, graphics. And, uh, you know, I've been on that front, you know, I've been streaming a lot more. I'm, I'm trying to be consistent on my streaming as well, which is another thing, right? At least with streaming, it's like, if I'm going to play video games, why not, you know, just also stream it. So that is somewhat of like goes hand in hand, but then it makes me, you know, even want to play video games even more. So, and, uh, and to try out different games. So, uh, you know, I'm still playing a lot of League of Legends and uh, World of Warcraft. Shadowlands has still been excellent, and uh, I'll probably kind of do some more reviews on that. I've, uh, especially now that my monk, I uh, got to 60 a little while back, and the item level isn't super high. I think it's like 176, but I've been getting a lot of mythics down, and then with uh, the reset happening, I'll probably get into some more mythic twos and threes this time around. Uh, I pretty much covered all of the dungeons at at that point for uh, Mythics for the week. So just waiting on the reset to happen at, at that point. Uh, League, been kind of messing around with a lot of different champions. The new season starts fairly soon here, kind of deciding. Uh, I've been playing mid, like I've been playing mid lane all of last season, basically. And I think I'll probably continue to play mid lane. But um, it, it's certainly a, a role that has its... Uh, probably it's probably one of the most frustrating roles in a lot of ways because it is uh it, it, I, I don't I mean I don't know that we really need to get into it but especially in like the elo that I play in like people just don't really know how to uh work with you in in, in ways that like I, I try to support other people and then they kind of don't really follow through and and so it's you know it just becomes a mess and then and then people become toxic and bitchy and then they, you know, nobody can take, you know, blame for themselves because, you know, it, when I mess up plays, you know, I'm like, oh, that was on me. Fuck. All right. You know, let's move it along. But then like when another person messes up a play, they just like bitch at everybody else as if somehow it was everybody else's fault that they just lost. Uh, it, you know, I mean, but that's classic League of Legends, right? I mean, it just attracts those kinds of people. So... And then uh, I've been playing a decent bit of Risk of Rain 2 lately with some of the boys. That is a badass game. I highly recommend it. It's $20 on Steam. And uh, I think it is totally worth the money if you're into playing. I would say it's somewhat similar to like Zombies in Call of Duty or Horde in Gears of War. Uh, where it is like a PvE kind of thing. Like it's a, you know, can be single player or multiplayer pve you're fighting against all these different you know randomized monsters and whatnot that show up on these different levels and you're constantly getting gear for your uh character there's a there's a couple of different uh characters that you can choose from and then like they have different sorts of abilities and and uh you're trying to kind of progress through the game fast enough to beat it before it gets too hard, but also trying to gear up enough that you can beat it, you know? So it's, it's a little bit of a trade-off because it takes some time to gear up, but it also, you can't take too long. Otherwise stuff basically gets so impossibly hard that like, no matter how geared you are, you're just kind of fucked. So that game is a lot of fun. Just started playing that, uh, this weekend a little bit. And, um, you know, it will, we'll get cyberpunk going at some point here soon. And so, the, the, I mean, that's a, I, I guess one of the cool things about with streaming, right, is you can just kind of do variety. Uh, I, I've even played a little chess on, on my computer and whatnot and have thought about doing a little bit of that on, on stream, although I'm, I'm not very good at chess, so I'd, I'd not, uh, not really putting that out there right now. I don't, nobody needs to watch, you know, a bad chess player play chess. It doesn't really help anybody. It certainly doesn't help my confidence and my my chess playing abilities. So, kind of working on that in in uh, the meantime. So, that's uh that that kind of covers my own video game playing from the professional standpoint of video games. Uh, a lot of interesting moves for the LCS and League of Legends. Uh, you know, the LCS I think is going to be. I, I think 
you, you know, I, I know that it, the LCS seems to be somewhat of a meme within the pro, like East, the, you know, sort of pro League of Legends scene. But really, I, I don't think that the region is as bad as it gets its reputation for. And, uh, you, you know, if, if nothing else, you know, even though, uh, no NA teams made it out of groups and worlds, I mean, you still did have Team Liquid and FlyQuest both go three and three. I mean, TSM was obviously this, utter disaster that we all watched and and it was very sort of um a a very clear flame out on that team's part but for team liquid and FlyQuest to both go three and three and what were pretty difficult groups I, I think speaks to the fact that they're not actually that far off and um as far as FlyQuest goes I'm not so certain that they're going to be looking so uh much of contenders this year based on their team uh composition now but uh team liquid i think looks really really good uh so you know i i think that jensen is going to remain you, you know in an impressive you know a relatively impressive mid laner who has uh a decent amount of you know ceiling to his game uh under the right circumstances uh, Santorin was sneakily the probably the best uh, jungler last season. So them picking up Santorin, I think, is going to help a lot. And then picking up Alfari out of the LEC to top lane um, for and, and people who watch LCS but don't watch any of the LEC. Alfari was uh, easily a top three top laner in the LEC, which is a. a I mean, I, I guess there there wasn't that much competition but it is a little bit top heavy between Bwipo, Wonder and uh Alfari all of them are like i mean like S tier top laners like excellent excellent top laners and so uh for him to be easily top 3 and 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 even had a lot of people that would contend he was the best laner out of the 3 and that he was kind of let down by the fact that Origin just like wasn't good as a team so I think to have him in that position is going to be really, really good, especially because he's he's completely capable of playing uh, the lane by himself and basically just allowing the rest of his team to do whatever it is that they need to do. And basically, like, he's capable of winning the lane, like, under almost any circumstances, which is exceptionally impressive and speaks to how good of a laner he is. Uh and then what is it? Tactical and Core JJ down in the bot lane. Core JJ has obviously still been a, a, a you know a, an amazing support, and Tactical is really really talented young uh, bot laner. So you know we'll see on that front. Uh, the rest of the teams. I mean, uh, Cloud Nine obviously. I guess the other the probably the most splashy of uh, free agency moves. Right? It was. That um, Cloud9 acquired perks from G2, so he gets to go back to playing mid lane. And so it, that almost immediately, like un, at least at preseason rankings, puts him as the best mid laner in, in North America. And that, you know, some people could say, well, what's that saying about North America? But I, I mean, I, I, I think that that would be a really short sighted way of looking at it, considering the fact that perks is was and still is debatably the best mid laner in Europe, right? I mean, obviously Caps is the most well-known at this point and he seems to have the highest seat. Like he, he has the highest ceiling within any game. He's a mechanically like extremely gifted player and he makes a lot of really smart uh, plays around the map, exerting a lot, a lot of pressure. Uh, but I think that Perks basically really has him edged out in sort of like how to play more at the macro level. I think Perks is an extremely intelligent player who has a really, really good idea of like how to take advantage of the map as it lies. And so in, in the hands of a mid, like for a mid laner, that is like one of the most important qualities, right? I mean, obviously mechanics get you, I mean, mechanics kind of get you paid and mechanics kind of get you, you know, or I, I should say it's it's kind of like a, a drive for show, putt for dough type of thing, right? If you were to make an analogy, like mechanics 
are very showy. They get like they get a lot of attention on you. But uh, you could be a mechanical god. But if you just don't, if you're not playing good macro, like you're just going to lose more often than you're going to win. Um, and so it, it only gets you so far. But on the other hand, like you could mechanically be really like subpar. But if you're really really good on your macro, like you can still have a positive win rate. So um, from that regard, I, I think that's why it's it's you could make the comparison on, on perks and caps and, and come out and say perks is better. I, I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that, but I think that the fact that he's in an art, a place where you could logically argue that speaks enough for itself because um, that, you know, that makes him a top two in, in Europe and, and European mid laners are traditionally very, very strong. Uh, at least, you know, generally speaking, they, they've all been pretty good. I mean, Larson was, um, you know, statistically the best mid laner last year on rogue and, um, you know, so there, there is actually some reasonable competition within that lane. And so again, I, I think that cloud nine making that move and then, um, I, I guess they're replacing licorice with fudge. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, that, that should that should be an upgrade. Uh, I mean, Licorice was okay at best. And I, I mean, I don't know a lot about Fudge's gameplay. I've only seen him kind of come on to uh, LS's stream to talk breakdowns on on matches and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how he turns out as a player. That... Um, and, and then in the LEC, I, I guess the, the big news, right, was that Nemesis was out as the mid laner at Fnatic. And Niski was in. This was a move that I, I think made a ton, a ton of sense. Um, I, I think that Fnatic had the problem of too many carries and not enough uh, role players. And, um, and, and, well, so I guess the biggest news, right, on that topic is the fact that Reckless left Fnatic to go to G2. But, um, obviously, that's, you know, that I would be remiss to say that that wasn't the biggest news of the LEC. Um but any, anyways, right, so uh, Nemesis wanted to play League of Legends a very specific way, um, a way that, you know, I, I understand and, and I get he wants to slow play, he wants to scale, he wants to win, you know, basically become inevitable, right? It's sort of the Thanos kind of like, it's like a, a Thanos way of, of playing the game, right? Pick champions that play out well, you know, post 20, 25 minutes and just basically survive early, uh, try to, you know, get your advantages by poking and prodding in, in smart ways, macro-wise in the first uh, early game and mid, and then mid-game just try and not offer too much opportunity to lose. And then in the late game, basically just, sto- you know, snowball and stomp. And so his champion pool was largely uh, in that direction. And... Um, I think the problem there is that Reckless is, you know, the best AD carry in Europe. And, I mean, one of the best AD carries in the world, period. And so um, to be playing champions that aren't more early game and mid game dominant, which then allows for Reckless to, you know, basically to in, in order to support Reckless and make sure that you're playing around him. And so choosing scaling champions, that kind of hinders your ability to do that. Um, similarly, right, you had Selfmade in the jungle, who's an extremely selfish jungler. Um, that's, and that's not an, that's not to, an, an insult. It's, it's not insulting to say you're a selfish jungler. It's basically, there's two ways of playing. It's basically you're playing as a second support or you're playing as a carry, right? And so that, that would be the selfish way to play is to play as a carry. And, and meaning, right, you're playing champions like Evelyn or, um, you know, for a little bit there, he's playing a little Silas, you're playing Hecarim, you're playing these champions that are extremely strong on their own. And so all they want to do is they want to farm. Um, they're going to take kills on ganks. They're, they're looking to just get as much gold as possible and accumulate and become like the win condition for the team, right? And then there's the other sort of junglers um, that are more so supposed to be uh, a conduit to help other other players, right? Your your new news, your Zacks, your um, even the even uh, like a Olaf should really kind of get played that way, at least um, pr- prior to the new items. 
um, going more of like a tank Olaf build was a, a better way to sort of um, make sure that like you were kind of allowing your team to become better because like you were going to fall off late. Um, you know, champions of that nature kind of, uh, or like even like a set or a Volibear, uh, you, you know, champions like that were more so for the team and, uh, and, and that's not really the champions that he wants to play because he wants to take the game over. Uh, and then on top of that, right, you had Bwipo in the top lane who can play both ways, but, um, it, you know, it, to a certain degree is is only going to play supportive if he feels like it's clear that the rest of the team has a cohesive plan for snowballing somebody else. And when you have basically three players and, and Reckless by all reports is not someone who like demands resources, but should because of how good he is. The fact that you have him who should be getting played through. And then you have a mid laner and a jungle who basically both want to play their own game. It it just leads to a disaster. Right. And and so then it, it, it it leads to like a bad situation. And and so um, with, Fnatic taking in Niski, who is much more likely to play the supportive mid laners, um, the the mid laners who may have like good power on their own, but are really meant to like really really support the team, like your Galio and your Twisted Fate, and um, you, you know picks picks that are more centered centric around like making your team as a whole better, as opposed to sort of taking over the game themselves. So um, Niski kind of playing champions more like that, where he he's going to be much more comfortable in that kind of role, uh, opens up a lot of room for uh, a Bwipo to play more carries, allows for self made to be more of a carry because like it it's really hard to have your jungle and your mid both be carries. It kind of has to be one or the other because you kind of need them to in a certain like to a certain degree, jungle and mid lane are playing together. Um, you, you know, obviously there's the whole team, right? You're playing together, but jungle and mid lane basically have a very similar, um, level of responsibility when it comes to, um, pressure on the map. And it's sort of like, it's like, if one isn't going to do it, then the other needs to, you, you know, um, it's basically kind of what it comes down to as far as like river control and even like shallow, levels of jungle control on on both your side on and the enemy side and, and the ability to uh gank on on plays or support other lanes when other lanes are in bad states and basically need help if like if one of those two can't do it like because it's not really in their sort of i don't know the the way that they want to play well then like you're you're kind of missing like a huge element of the game and in that in itself becomes very difficult without basically playing the most boring style of League of Legends ever, where like which you know is also has its problems, where basically nothing happens. Um, so that 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 is um, you know that that's why that that's pretty big that Niski goes there. Reckless leaving is obviously huge because he's you know. You know, possibly the most famous player in the LEC, I think, overall. Um, and then to go from Fnatic to their bitter rival, G2, uh, that that's obviously huge. I mean, it, you know, in comparison, right, that's if, like, Aaron Rodgers, for the, you know, left the Green Bay Packers to come play for the Bears, right? Which, you know, fingers crossed that happens. Um we will fucking take that. Uh, I don't. I don't care what anybody says. I will take Aaron Rodgers right now on the Bears. But you, you know, like it would be that level of uh, basically just an insane sort of changing of of uh, teams. So that that's a lot of the news there, at least within like Western League of Legends. I, I haven't gone through a lot of what's happened so far in in Korea and China is too hard to keep up with because there's too many teams and too many players I just don't know and and China really cycles in rookies a lot more often and and so it's really hard to keep up with all their players but um 
I haven't been keeping up as much with Valorant. I saw that 100 Thieves finally won um, a tournament. I think it was the first strike tournament or whatever, which, I, I mean, good for them for finally figuring it the fuck out. Like, they only had, like, basically the most promising team, and then they couldn't figure out how to win. And, and so uh, it's good to see that they kind of figured out how to, you know, set up a team around Hiko and kind of get it together. And so... um you know, congratulations to 100 Thieves on on that. And it looks like they could end up being, you know, the more dominant team that they're supposed to be um, when they sort of allowed TSM and Sentinels to kind of become the big teams because they, they couldn't get out of their own way. And um, and then I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know that there's anything else really on, on that front that I, I could uh, think of to cover at that point. Um, I, I mean that those seasons will all be getting started again soon. So we'll kind of have more to talk about then. And, uh, and then, so on the actual sports side of things, right. I haven't done a, a, any episodes really lately of gambling, which is, um, for everyone's own safety because I've been terrible. Um, my NFL bets have actually been okay. Um, I I've actually still, I think I'm positive on the NFL, but, uh, my college picks are like, it like I, I think if I gave my college picks, like someone could sue me for like damages with how bad my college picks have been. I, I haven't been able to hit on anything. I was, I mean, just dead wrong on um, Clemson over Ohio State. I, I mean, and, and like I know for my Ohio my Ohio State fans out there that they're they're gonna shit on me for that one. I, I mean, I live with one, so I already got it, but. I just don't believe in them. I, I, frankly, I don't think that they should have even been allowed to be in the top four, considering they had only played six games. I understand that some of those circumstances aren't their own fault, but I, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I don't, I, I just don't understand how you have undefeated Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina and, um, who play, you know, whatever, nine, 10 games and really like make an effort to show out and then, Basically, you have the rules all changed for Ohio State because they weren't even supposed to be able to be in the Big Ten Championship. They get into the Big Ten Championship. They play terrible against Northwestern. They just look like shit. And then, like, and so they eke out a win. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, well, you know, we're going to change. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It was like, why even have this season when you just clearly were going to do whatever it took to get Ohio State into the top four? I mean, it's like, you know, God, I mean, even Clemson went out and fucking played a game without Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, against, at the you know, a top four team or what ended up being a top four team in Notre Dame. And then they, you know, they redeemed themselves later on in the ACC championship game where they drubbed Notre Dame, another team that frankly had no business being in the um, in the top four either. I don't think that Notre Dame should have been in there over like a Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina or something like that. I just think, like, I don't care that you you think that those teams would get shit on um, because, A, Notre Dame got shit on, right? Like, and we all knew that was going to happen. Uh, I mean, Clemson getting shit on, it's not like we all knew that was going to happen. It was, it was hard to believe Clemson wouldn't be in it. So, I mean, that's, you know, I give a pass to, to Clemson at least on, on, the fa- on that fact. But Notre Dame got shit on. And also bogus fucking cover by Notre Dame. That was such bullshit. Fuck Nick Saban is all I have to say for getting that unsportsmanlike conduct call for absolutely no goddamn reason at the end of the game and that drive to keep it alive so that they get the 15 yards and then they're fucking and then they score a touchdown a little bit later. If Nick Saban doesn't give up that that fucking unsportsmanlike conduct call, they probably hold out Notre Dame and then and then boom, they turn them over on downs or something. And we cover. But nope, Nick Saban had to go fucking yelling and screaming into the middle of the field for no goddamn reason. Like, so if Nick Saban believes that, like, you know, you, you don't win until the whistle, you know, until the final whistle's blown or whatever, right? Like, you have to take it seriously because he's kind of played this whole role. Like, he used to bitch about fans leaving early because they were winning by so much and that it doesn't matter. Like, you, you know, this game isn't over until it's over. Well, if that's your mentality, Nick Saban, then don't fucking give up an unsportsmanlike conduct call with three minutes left in the fucking game, you asshole. 
God damn it. I, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, like, who's going to chew his fucking ear off for that fucking mistake? Like, whoever he was yelling at for whatever mistake they made, that mistake was not as bad as him giving up that unsportsmanlike conduct call. That was the biggest mistake. Literally, he's responsible for half the points that Notre Dame scored because of that. Like, that that's it was absolutely the most fucking mind-boggling thing. I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. Like, this is like a Central Michigan, Western Kentucky, Bahamas Bowl level of fucking bullshit right here. Like, that was a covered spread that just got fucking boned. So that that was just, I, I was beside myself. But let's not get tuck, you know, stuck too deep into this, okay? We'll keep it moving. So NFL, the Bears somehow make it into the playoffs, which is uh, frankly sad. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, not certain I have any, any reason to want the bears in the playoffs, um, as opposed to just getting better, better seeding on draft picks. Um, but here we are, right. And, and in general, um, I think we have some good playoff matchups, right? We have a big revenge game for the Titans Ravens. Um, obviously the Titans have, uh, had the Ravens number, uh, in, in the playoffs last year, they, they really ruined, everything the Ravens wanted to do. Um, and then you have the Steelers Browns, which, you know, they're one on one, they're one and one on the season. I, obviously this pre, you know, <clears throat> this past game uh, without Ben Roethlisberger and some other players, you know, because the Steelers already had their position locked in. So it was a little bit of a forfeit of a game. Uh, although they still made it close with Mason Rudolph somehow, you know, showing up and um, now the Browns have some COVID concerns. So that's not good. Um, you know, especially their head coach uh, being one of the people, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I wonder if there's like some situation where they can have him like coaching from the booth or something, you know, like, um, you know, where he's just like isolated in his own booth. Um, I, I would think that maybe they could do that. I mean, they did that with Hugh Freeze at Liberty back when he like, he, he was like sick with something. It was, this was pre COVID. He was like sick with something and he literally like was like coaching from like a fucking, you know, suite on his own or something. Um, but, and it, you know, maybe they could work something out like that where then like he can still, um, like coach if he's, you know, not feeling too sick, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's thinking too much into it. Um, so, uh, you know, initial thoughts. I, I actually haven't looked at the spreads on any of these games. So, I, I um, one sec. Actually, let me. I'll pull them up. Ah, fuck it. You know what? Well, I'll pull them up later. Maybe I'll do another episode where I cover this stuff because we're like forty minutes in, and and most people are probably not even going to listen to my picks at this point. So, fuck it. We're going to keep it moving. Um. So, I, I I think then just like kind of just generally talking about the matchups. Uh, Bear Saints actually is like a matchup that works out really nicely for us, especially with Alvin Kamara now apparently going to be out with COVID um, because the Bears run defense is terrible. And so um, obviously not having Alvin Kamara is really huge for the Saints, even though Latavius Murray has been a fine player. Um, I think that the Bears, that's actually a winnable matchup for the Bears, which is kind of sad. Um and, and it's not because the Saints are bad. I just think because of the way that we match up um, as far as our pass defense is pretty good. Our run defense is terrible. And then um, from the offensive side of the ball, like basically if we can just kind of like win ugly, like we have a chance. And that's basically what the Bears are looking at as far as opportunities goes. Like it's just got to be an ugly win. Um, otherwise, like they're just going to get spanked. And, and frankly, that's how it should be. Um then what? You've got uh, Buccaneers and Washington football team. So this, you know, uh, I actually really like the Washington football team. Like this is actually a, a tough one from a betting perspective because I've been betting the Bucks and the Washington football team pretty much all year. Um, and so that uh, makes it really tricky, except for I bet on the, the Eagles in this past game because of the spread was so big, but... And, and that worked out, but, um, you know, I, I just don't think that you can give the Washington football team seven and a half points. I just don't, I'm, I'm not certain that you can allow them. You, 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 they, they can't give that many points. I should say that 
Um, but that being said, you know, we'll it'll be certainly interested to see the spread on this game. Two teams I like to bet on. I, this feels like it's got to be Bucks all the way. Uh, the Bucks are just a you know a better team in every way. Um, the only thing where Washington maybe has a better uh, unit is their defensive line. And even then, that's hard to say because the Bucks actually have a pretty good, like, sneaky good defensive line. So um, the Buccaneers are basically better in, in, in every single category. So this feels like that should be a Bucks win all the way. Uh, Rams-Seahawks, obviously, that's also a big rivalry matchup game. Uh, always kind of interesting between those NFC uh, West teams. Uh it, you know, that's that's going to be that that could be a bloodbath of a game. And that could also end up being like a 12 nine game. You know, like the, the NFC West is just notorious for like all field goal games. And I know that that's kind of changed ever since basically ever since Sean McVay kind of came in as the Rams coach, because uh, especially back when it was like Jeff Fisher. I mean, it just felt like every single and I guess for that matter, Cliff Kingsbury to the Cardinals. Uh, because in a similar vein, just all these teams, all they did was like just kick field goals. I mean, they couldn't score on each other. Like the defense was just too strong on 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 that. You know, I at least at the goal line, they just never scored touchdowns. So that's that's actually, um, I think, out of all the matchups, that's probably going to be the that's probably the best matchup this week. It's either that or the Ravens Titans. I think is the best matchup. Uh, Colts Bills. Um, Colts a sneaky tough team. I, 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 but I. This to me just feels like it's got to be Bills all the way. I just, you know, I did. I think the Bills are getting really hot right now. On top of the fact that they've just been good all year, but I think that the Bills are feeling really fucking good about themselves, and they should be. And uh, I, I mean, it's evident that Josh Allen has stepped way forward as far as being a like an overall like an effective quarterback. I mean, like an elite effective quarterback. And so uh, I think that now that we're kind of seeing that that level of trajectory out of J- Josh Allen, it just feels like I don't see how like the Colts defense is good, but I don't know that they really have a way of really uh, attacking that Bills defense in a way that's meaningful enough that like they, they can actually do something. And I think on the other side of the ball, the Colts offense is too inconsistent um, in a lot of ways. Like that, I just don't, it's just almost like every other drive with the Colts offense, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like you could have this insane offense and then the next one, they just peter out immediately. And so uh, with the Bills defense um, being, you know, pretty decent. Um, I, I think to me, this feels like a bills all the way kind of game. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the, the real competitive, like interesting, like the games that we know, I think will definitely be competitive are the Rams Seahawks and the Ravens Titans. Um, I think that, you know, under normal circumstances, I think that the Bucks Washington game isn't very close. Um, the Bears Saints game is either going to be a blowout or really fucking ugly to watch. So it's like, it's not really a competitive game. It's more so just like a bad game. Um, cause that's basically how the Bears have to win against good teams. Like they just have to make the game really bad. Um, and then because obviously, you know, like we face the Green Bay Packers and you see what happens, right? Like they just clap us both times we face them. They just clap us because we didn't make the game ugly. Um, and so, like, that's that's really our only out with good teams is, like, if we get the game ugly enough, we might come out on top. Uh, and then Brown-Steelers um, is, like, a good game for sort of, like, storyline purposes. And, and obviously, the, the Steelers kind of being on a slump, it's entirely possible that the Browns win this game or at the very least keep it close. Uh, just to me, though, this is one of those, like, things where I'm just kind of going to look at it and I'm going to look at the Steelers and just say, this is a team who... Um, I, I think understands the gravity of, of this season and, 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 you know, with like the, the clock on Ben Roethlisberger. And I just think that the Browns defense is so bad, um, that I, I just don't really see a way of them stopping the Steelers offense, even though like the Steelers offense has managed to stop themselves for the past like four weeks. Um, I, I think that it's evident based on the fact that Mason Rudolph just torched the Browns that I, I, I would think that we're going to see the, the Steelers come into form here because they do tend to show up when it matters. Um, you know, uh, under most circumstances, the only time they don't show up when it matters is if it's like, 
you know, like an AFC division, like, you know, the conference championship game against like the Patriots, the Tom Brady Patriots. Um, So outside of that situation, which obviously can't occur because the Patriots are not in the playoffs and neither is Tom Brady on the Patriots. um, You know, so fuck that and fuck all of you Patriots fans. Um, You know, I'm sorry. I just had to do that. I I really don't know what came over me there. I just felt like I had to say it. And um, I'm not actually really sorry about it, though. Seriously, fuck you. Um, So, you know, outside of those circumstances, I think the Steelers tend to show up. And so I I have a feeling that they'll kind of get it together for that game. And then um, I, I think that that pretty much covers up as far as housekeeping goes. I don't know that I have a lot of other things. I know that it's just... I just kind of attacked you with a lot of topics. I just kind of fucking shot a bunch of different shit at you. But uh, like I said, I, did, I wanted to get something out because you haven't heard from me in a while. And so, uh, I, you know, I didn't want you to forget about me or miss me too much and kind of get a, you know, get a start off to the year, get something out there, get something going. So, uh, you know, appreciate you guys. Uh, if you do watch, if you're on Twitch at all, like if you have a Twitch account, please give my my account a follow. It's Mishy underscore M I S C H Y underscore. Please give me a follow. Um, let me know. I'll follow you back. You know, whatever. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to such, you, you know, stooping to the levels of follow for follow here. All right. So give me a follow. Throw on the notifications for when I'm on. Come fucking hang out. Like we have a good time in the chat for sure. Um, that would be hugely appreciated. Um, you know, and it, it's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. It literally takes five seconds of your time. If you don't have a Twitch account, you could set one up. It literally takes, again, five seconds of your time. So at most, it costs you 10 seconds of your time. Um, I, I think that that's totally reasonable uh, of an ask. Um, and so, you know, you don't have to, but I'll love you if you do, uh, it, you know, as I like to say. So appreciate y'all. Um, obviously, with the podcast, it, you know, goes without saying i guess at this point you know subscribe review uh tell your friends be sure to follow the instagram um the ron sense underscore pod instagram uh do all those things for me pretty please thank you very much peace out see you fuckers later